Welcome to Mayak Innovatsi, the podcast of Unit City dedicated to innovation from Ukraine to the world. Privit, I am Dominique Piotet. I'm French and American, and after 16 years in Silicon Valley and a few other places in the US, we will discuss about it in a second. I decided to move to a vibrant and wonderful, but yet mostly unknown tech scene, Kiev, Ukraine. I'm the CEO of Unit City, the first Ukrainian smart city dedicated to innovation. And if you want to know more about Unit City, well, you just go online and you type unit.city in a good uh, web browser, right? Easy. Um, and <laughs> which one is good? <laughs> which one is bad? Ah, uh, you decide. Like ah, uh, you decide. Netscape? You know, <laughs> no. Oh, okay, okay. Well, let me introduce you first, my two friends, Tatiana Morozova from U Future Communication and Andrei Komarovsky. Uh, um, co-founder and CEO of SectorX, uh, one of the largest acceleration platform in Ukraine. Guys, hello. Hi, my name is Tanya and I prefer Chrome. Okay. Andrei. Hey, everyone. Uh, Chrome, that's that's my bad. Okay. I'd say. Well, do you know Brave? Do I know Brave? Brave. No, no. what is that? A browser? Of course. You don't You don't know Brave browser? This is the first time I've actually... Yeah, well, there browser. you go. There you go. You have to speak Brave. to a geek from Silicon Valley. Brave. Brave browser. Actually, Jesus. I absolutely love it because it gives you... It blocks advertising very well and it gives you points. Uh, as you browse, it's 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 okay. Well, I mean, okay. I'm just saying, people are using Brave use right block. now. Thanks for tips. Yeah. Well, uh, so welcome, and now it's time to launch our new episode. Mayak Innovati. One, two, three, launch. Is it really such a browser? <laughs> you can transfer those points into charity or money. Or Is it really a browser? Yeah, I think it's based off sound, a, sound a crypto. Like one. Isn't there a blockchain too? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah that's okay. This is not a browser. Yeah. It's some... No, it's a browser. <laughs> look, and it, and it looks know, like that. It's brave. ICO it bag, looks like yeah. that. Blockchain it has, based it has, something. It has this animal. Of course. Like it has a, a tiger or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. And we are back, and we are back with our first section of this podcast, which is what's cooking. What's cooking in our tech kitchen? Uh, tech news from uh, Ukraine and from the world. So, well, Tatiana, what's cooking this week? I'm cooking this week something Chinese oh. from China Good. and AI. Oh, AI. Which We're going to talk a lot about AI. Thankfully, really? not the Chinese virus. During this podcast. Come through. Yeah. AI service... Uh, one of them in China, make sure you park your shared bike properly. Since time, this is the name of the company, introduced an intelligent patrol screen that uses computer vision and cameras to detect whether people park their bikes properly. Because uh, left bikes in Mm. big cities, they cause a huge problem in China. And this company, of course, since time, is working for Chinese government to push to promote uh, this concept of smart city. And the next projects of uh, sense time would be services like uh, illegal parking, of course, something called disorderly drying, and when you will be 
detected if you dry out your clothes properly again. Oh my goodness gracious. Your laundry. Oh my god. <laughs> so <laughs> take care and be afraid of this. Well, I mean, actually, you know what? I mean, I've been to Shanghai and Beijing and uh, Shenzhen several times, and uh, when 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 they really started to have all those um, uh, bike sharing system, it was a it was a mess. That was a big mess. Well, you go to Paris, it's a big mess. But I don't think French people would would want that that system. I don't know. Uh, I lo- love how people in Amsterdam. Uh, treat these things with bikes. They just uh, throw it into the river. So this oh. is the usual thing. Oh. You know this? I know. In the river. Okay. Mm. Nice. Well, uh, Andre, what's cooking in your tech kitchen this um Bike infused rivers. This week. <laughs> <laughs> Bike infused <laughs> rivers. Okay, so on my side, uh, it's not that much of a news it's it's rather a small observation and a trend it's consumer tech versus enterprise tech a generation ago technology innovation started for enterprise use and eventually worked its way down to consumers computers were only found in companies for many years before they emerged as a consumer product gps was a military and commercial innovation long before it became embedded in every consumer's mobile phone today it's happening all the the other way around, as chat was for consumers long before Slack took it to the enterprise. Hosting accounts were for consumers before AWS took them big time. Online file storage was was focused on individuals before Box made it a billion dollar enterprise opportunity. And here's what I think. Ukraine is actually very well positioned in, in this sense as the country is pretty much full of entrepreneurs rolling out their consumer tech products and I thought it could be a good idea to lend a hand to these local entrepreneurs to to help them turn their consumer goodies into enterprise level products because that's what I see Ukraine is really full of consumer tech and it totally lacks enterprise level products and solutions oh I love this and you know I have a story about box um, yeah because well when box started um, it, it was started by by really kids uh, one of them is called Aaron Levy um, and one of my friends uh, met Aaron uh, at UC Berkeley and and became the first uh, marketing uh, guy at Box it, he was employee number four um, and I remember going to that crazy loft in Palo Alto it was only the four guys and because they were developing everything in Russia usually they would sleep really late in the morning and I remember Aaron like getting out of his sleeping bag and I felt okay this company is never going to go anywhere and I did not invest and big failure I really should have (laughs) this is when I started like okay now you know what I'm not just going to follow my intuition but I'm I'm going to try to see the market you didn't invest just because you didn't like their time schedule no you, well no but i i felt you know there are kids that and it was just when i moved to silicon valley okay. i was i was at the very beginning of my learning curve and i was like come on kids i mean 
they just wake up, they don't even show up, dress properly in front of potential client. I was working for BNP Paribas at that time. And I was like... Oh, man, understandable then. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was a banker back then. Then I became an entrepreneur and that's a different story. Now I only invest with the, in, in companies when I see people wearing... T-shirts. T-shirts and, 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 and they're wearing, yes. Okay. Um, okay. Totally makes sense. <laughs> totally makes sense. Today I need to talk to you about actually the real Maya Kinovatsi. Because you know there is a real Maya Kinovatsi, you remember, right? What it's do you want to say? Our Maya Kinovatsi is Kinovatsi. not real. No, our yeah. Maya Kinovatsi is, is, is real, but we have a Maya Kinovatsi in Unit City, which is our chimney. Uh, and, and our chimney, uh, well, I mean, had a good day. And uh, recently, because May 21st was uh, Kiev Day, so the day of Kiev, and it was a day that uh, we were honoring um, great, the great city of Kiev. Um, and usually, it's a holiday, it's a weekend. Usually, for the for the for the weekend, there's a lot of festivity in Kiev, a lot of concert, even fireworks. Well, coronavirus. But we decided to do something, and uh, and so there was a, there was an, an amazing light show um, at Unit City um, with our friends from Magic Innovation 3D Studio. Um, honestly, one of the coolest uh, Ukrainian team uh, I know. Uh, super creative people. They did tons of stuff in Berlin, in India. Blah, blah. They decided to do it for us. So if you missed it because you might have missed it, which is a big mistake, well, you can go on Facebook, become become our friends on Facebook. Uh, more than 30,000 people saw it uh, on our Facebook account only. So that was a cool show. So that was my news, and that was what about what was cooking this week. Maya Kinovatsi, shine bright like a unicorn. And we are back and we are going to go under the spotlight of Mayak. And our guest, uh, our guest this week is, is, uh, is well, actually, he's a little bit like me. Oh, you'll see. Uh, he's an American. Um, he's not French. But we're very different for that. But he's an American who loves Ukraine and who actually moved here to grow his uh, his company. Um, and and that's interesting because I think uh, Andrew, because it's his name, Andrew Archer, is um, is is kind of your typical Silicon Valley geek. Uh, let me share a, a bit actually of his LinkedIn uh, bio. Andrew Archer is a serial entrepreneur with a focus on artificial intelligence and robotic systems. He began building robots at the age of 12. Silicon Valley geek. Uh, and subsequently started his first company at 16, uh, producing Wi-Fi connected motors controllers for robotic before even IoT existed. So I love this already. I, I love this. Um, well, then his passion for robotics have been spanned in many fields, including military, medical, automotive, automated warehousing, robotics, parking. Um, anyway, after several companies, um, Andrew decided to move to Ukraine. Actually, he also lived in Las Vegas, where I lived. So actually, and we, we, we've never met each other. It's crazy. I, we have to move to Ukraine to meet the cool people. Um, so Andrew Archer, among other things, is the CEO of a company called Itheon, which is a business automation platform um, helping business leveraging artificial intelligence, process automation, and distributed robotics. 
I mean, this sounds complicated, but you will see this is not that complicated. And actually, that really just makes me dream. Andrew, hello. Hi. Hi. We're super happy to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. I want to know everything about your passion from robotics. Where does it come from? Oh, man. Uh, it actually comes from a specific place. So I was in, uh, I, was, I was a bad kid in school, you know, like most, most entrepreneurs. Um, and I was sitting in suspension because uh, I had done something wrong, you know, hyperactive, crazy. And I saw on Time magazine, they had the, uh, the Sandra robot. Right. And that's the only thing I had in study hall for like eight hours. I mean, in the suspension for eight hours in school. So I'm just looking at this and I'm like, this is what I want to do. Like, this is actually cool. You know, this is before anyone thought like, oh, I'm going to go build the robots. You know, this is a long time ago. And the only people really building robots was NASA. And so everyone kind of thought like you're just crazy no one builds robots only nasa builds robots and so i just decided to do it and, and i never go. stopped yeah wow that's cool yeah. um Tatiana. And what, what details have you used i mean maybe did someone help you with that? no so there was nothing there was literally nothing that that was the crazy part about it back then like um it was even before like there's different robot operating systems but like nothing existed at that time so i literally just went to barnes and noble like it, it's a bookstore in the mm -hmm. in the united states it's like a chain right and, and they I would, still are in business they still are in business that's, yeah. that's a chain that surprisingly yeah. amazon didn't kill them completely yeah <laughs> yeah which is very surprising yeah. and so i just looked at i literally read every engineering book they had and so i went through mechanical electrical because there was no th no such thing as robotics because the robotics really encompasses all engineering practices and so i just sat there for my entire youth and just read these books like hmm. from front to back pretty much yeah cool um let's talk about your current company Atheon. uh what, what what are you what are you building now Yeah, so what we're doing is, right now, I, I'll explain a little about the state of business, yes. right? And what happens in business right now is you, you start a business, you get a bunch of different pieces of software, whether it's accounting, your sales software, all of these different pieces, right? And you try to connect them. And it always goes disastrously. Like it never pulls all the correct data. It's very expensive. And there's no really way to make it better, except if you have your own development team. Mm -hmm. And so what we set out to do is really make this a way where you could take our platform and graphically connect either our software, uh, other external third-party software, And not only connect all of the systems together, but then infuse machine learning, artificial intelligence in all of these things and start capturing uh, data as the company is operating. And we kind of give life to the company. It can actually start to learn and evolve on its own. So the company starts thinking, right? And uh, that's really how the platform works. So the company optimizes, starts assigning things to employees, changing route even of how to do different things. It's really interesting. Yeah. Andre? Mm. Mm -hmm. mm. 
right? Tell me yeah. why you decided to move to Ukraine. Was it just for raw manpower to to power your company, or was it something different? Because I imagine yeah. that that was a cornerstone decision. Yeah, because, it was yeah, a huge ab- decision. Absolutely. So why? Yeah, it why? was. It was a combination of things. So I was uh, living in San Francisco for some time, and then they had changed some rules about mobile robotics. I do a lot with mobile robots, like robots that navigate around. And they changed some testing rules. And I said, they just made it very difficult to test at all. And Nevada came along and was like, hey, Tesla just moved here. Uh, why don't you guys move here too? We'll give you like uh, you know incentives and like help you solve this testing problem. So then I moved to Las Vegas, and uh, which is odd because you lived in Las Vegas yes, too. Yes, at the same time. Yeah, at San Francisco before. At the same time, strangest yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. We know the same people. And you yeah. never met. No, no, we never mm-hmm. met. Because you're not into robotics. <laughs> well, I guess so. May, I think no. maybe it's Las Vegas is a little yeah. strange. Not about robotics. You know? Well, yeah. I guess we didn't <laughs> went to the same party. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah that's. I, I, I yeah. guess it's, it's it's a it's a drinking problem more than uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Except, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Except we both went to level 23 in the Mandarin Oriental. Exactly. But you lived in Mandarin Oriental. Yeah, I did. But I don't uh, know how we didn't run into each other. I know. Other. It's weird. It's, it's weird. Strange. We're in the same places. So you uh, moved to Nevada? Yeah. Right it, after Dominique? No. Uh, just, just, <laughs> it was like, it's the same period. Same yeah. exact period. Yeah. That's what I figured. And so then, um, you know, we were doing testing some autonomous vehicle stuff. And around that time... Uh, It was Uber. It was Uber that had the accident, uh, and then again the rules changed, and I wasn't really happy. Like I couldn't find the teams I wanted to work with. I, I was having a lot of problems finding inspiration there. All of my other friends left the country. They said they were done. Like Silicon Valley started to like dry up. It's not. It's like corporate now. It's not. It doesn't have the fire it used to have. And I so two hundred percent agree. And that's also why I left. Yeah, yeah. And so mm-hmm. I decided, you know, I need to find a place with people like me, right? And so I started traveling around the world. Uh, I went to Singapore, Hong Kong, uh, ended up in India for a long time <laughs> on a different project. But And then I was, I was in Dubai, and then our one of our lead devs lived in Ukraine, in Kiev. And I said, I'm going to come visit you on my way back to New York, right? So I I flew in, middle of the night, you know, into Kiev. And I already felt like I was driving down Krishatik. And it was just like, I don't know what it was about the street, but I'm like, this place is cool. Like, I just, I really felt good here. And then uh, the next day and the next two months three months i just didn't leave and i just i just loved it here i loved the the people the atmosphere the tech scene um everyone it, it has so much passion here like they're fired up about what they're working on um and they're just like after it you know what i mean they're just really going for um whatever it is they're doing and so 
I just never left. I, that was it. I'm like, this is my new home. I'm here. It's so funny because it's almost the same thing that happened to me. Like I go to Unit City, go to Kiev for the first time in my life. I go to Unit City. I'm like, Jesus, I'm home. I, I, yeah. I love it here. Yeah. I love it here. Yeah. I belong. Exactly. You know? That yeah. was the exact mm -hmm. feeling. And uh, yeah, I've never left. So you guys did not do any, any kind of research no. or uh, just flow just in and, and, and stayed? Yeah. Yeah. There's a hands-on experience. That's what I see. Well, you know, I have a family, so I had to do some some selling back home. So I had to <laughs> okay. do some some research. But but yeah. I mean, you amazing. Know. And for how long are you staying here? I've been here two and a half years now. Oh, it's just like me, because I I, mm -hmm. I moved uh, in 2018 in in yeah. April, in April, yeah. probably two three months right after you moved in. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. There is yeah. Tatiana. And how did you find Unit City? Um, someone has recommended Yeah, someone told me about it. And so I came, the first time I came to Unit City was around the time I just came here. And there was not much there yet. Uh, they didn't have any space at that time. Uh, it was still very small, but it was very cool. Like, I, I saw the growth potential. I could feel it, right? It, it was like uh, what Silicon Valley was before, right? People were really active. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the first places I went was the Fab Lab. And yes. I love building things. Like, I just love building things. So to see that in and the extensive uh, equipment they had and things like that, I just knew that this place is going to grow rapidly, right? And and you have a production. Yeah. You produce hardware. In your yeah, we, we build uh, robots where, where here. Where do you do that? In China, uh, in Ukraine? I mean, physically. Yeah, in Ukraine. Yeah, so I was actually there today. So we have um, in Zhitomer, where So we actually build some in, in Unit City. Uh, but the heavy, the heavy industry parts are in Zhitomer. And so out there, uh, we've partnered with two companies. One was like an old agriculture slash like tank component company, like super heavy industry. They call the they call the factory the bear because it's just like <laughs> hardcore, you know. And um, yeah, they're doing all the laser cutting and bending. We're even making gears. All right, we were buying gears before in China, and we couldn't get them. And they're like, hey, we've got this equipment over here and we can make sprockets and so we like started playing with it this was this week even and now we're making gears it's just crazy stuff but actually yeah. what kind of robots are those yeah they're so they're autonomous uh they're like uh they call them agvs but for our purposes it's it's basically small robots that can navigate around buildings um, warehouses, things like that. And so those were our first products. So we're doing really large warehousing projects, uh, you know, like similar to like Amazon robotics type mm -hmm, things. Okay. And we recently actually just launched um, these medical robots for COVID. And so mm. now we have these disinfection robots that can go into rooms and use uh, different types of UV light and sanitize all the surfaces they're very cool yeah. and do you have any sample plan or do you just outsource everything for for, for the robots uh, outsource just, which part like everything all the components and details no we build just... it 
So all of our engineers are in-house and yeah. they work directly with our partners in Jatomer. So we almost try to exclusively build everything in-house. So, yeah. so you're an engineering company and you outsource yeah. the actual manufacturing process? Some of it. Some okay. of it. Whatever we can't do in our office in Unit City, we do outside. So, like, we can't fit, you know, a eight kilowatt laser in our office in Unit City. I'm they would sorry. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they would probably kill us if we put that in there. Kill uh, you, okay. no, because we love you guys, but we would have a, a conversation. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. So, but other than that, all of our parts come into Unit City, and we have a we created a space there just to build these things. So we're actually getting equipment um, that will come. I think our new space in the, the other building will be ready this November. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we're building electronics there. So we will get the blank circuit board and our robots mm -hmm. will be, you'll be able to look through the glass uh, right next to the, the chimney yep. and see robots putting electronic components on boards for robots. Wow. I'm so, exci I'm so uh -huh. excited. I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to move my chair from my office and just sit in front of you guys. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. You no. won't move your chair. Because Jerzyk or Jerzyk will yeah. come and will help you. Yeah. I, I want to comment because one of the robots your company produces is yeah. called Jerzyk or Jerzyk. Jerzyk, yeah. Ye Jerzyk, Jerzyk. It's made for lifting, handling, moving, unloading materials. Yeah. So it's yeah. used in warehouses. And yeah. I have a quick and philosophical questions sure so, uh why isn't it still um not deployed in the airports i mean in terms of workers in the airports are still throwing our luggage yeah. and yojik could help so that's it could could do that in more delicate way yeah it completely could and that really is you know a robotics perception issue so uh, like in airports and some facilities, there's a lot of unions. Um, and so we actually dealt with this a lot when we worked in automotive. Um, to get robots into certain applications like that, you have to work with unions and trade uh, labor unions and all of these committees and all of these things. And so oftentimes they'll just purposely not adapt it just because they think somehow that it's going to save jobs or or some something along those lines when really there's so many workplace injuries like you're talking about throwing luggage people get hurt all the time because the bags are so heavy and all these things where they can actually it, it doesn't displace the people it actually aids them right to do more work to do heavier work things like that or prevent you know keep them out of harm's way and so it's just a lot of you know, people are scared of robots. They, you know, scared of robots. And, and by AI. the way, how um, uh, in marketing your team is communicating this message that you do not replace humans, that you are helping humans in robotics? So we show how we try to, well, we try to show how they amplify your work, you know, like uh, collaborative work with robots, like in warehousing, you know, you can do certain parts of it and the robot is working with you to do those parts. Like you organize the goods and the robot will take them somewhere. Um, so we try to show examples where it really amplifies the humans. Um, and same with our AI platform, like we're using natural language. Um, for the AI to communicate with the humans to accomplish some task, right? Versus direct replacement, so. 
We're going to move yeah. further in that route of philosophy, and you'll yeah. see in a second. Yeah. But first, it's a tradition in the podcast. It's time to ask our guest about, okay, what song are you listening right now? <laughs> what, is, what is your song now? Yeah. Um, so I was actually, I was looking, and uh, on the way here, I was listening to uh, Skrillex Breaking a Sweat. And I don't know if you guys know nope. about how that song was made. Nope. Um, so, do you, are you familiar with the Doors? Of right? course. Of course. Everyone knows who the Doors are. Um, and so they they came together with Skrillex to make this song. And so they took um, basically their old. Uh, older generation style music and mixed it with his to create this new, um, well, what the song is, cool. right? This electronic song. And what I really enjoyed about that song was the idea that we're, you know, we, I spent the day in this old Soviet, like mm -hmm. war factory, mm -hmm. like agorist culture thing, except we're like bringing in this super cool, high tech, new age uh, technology and then combining it. And it's really... A cool reflection of that. Let's yeah. get a pick of it. And we are back um, under the spotlight of Mayak. Um, and I would like to open the conversation to something in your LinkedIn profile that, that like, mm, I was like, that's interesting. Um, you're saying that Andrew believes in the symbiotic nature of robotics and people. And it's yeah. an interesting conversation because I remember when I was in Silicon Valley, I was fascinated by, by people like Ray Kurzweil and uh, Singularity University yeah. and, and all those conversations around, okay, how, how are we going to basically maybe merge one day and, and robots is going to help us. And maybe at one point, actually, we're going to download our, our, um, our conscience in yeah. the cloud <laughs> and be, have a new body and download our conscience and we're going to be immortal. Um, and I had actually attended a really good conversation with Ray Kurzweil uh, on, on that topic. But, okay, tell us more about this. Yeah, really that I mean the consciousness part is a whole long yeah. discussion mm -hmm. but really you know my idea is that robots and humans can work together to accomplish a task or even AI where it can optimize you, right? Um I think that people that are thinking that it's more of a it's it's here to take over us, it's a wrong approach, right? Because um, if you think about like phones when they first came, right, or uh, even computers when they first came, everyone said, "Oh, this is going to take my job. This is going to end everything." Right? It's it's just the end. Um, but really, then it created entirely new industries, new jobs, um, new ideas, entertainment, all of these different things. Right? It really grew us as a species. And I think that robotics and AI can be seen as the same way, uh, where we can really amplify 
not only what we're doing, but eventually like integration, like ourselves, right? You know, you look at like Neuralink, Elon Musk yeah. is working on things like this. And I think um, we should be really looking towards it as that versus it trying to be a replacement of us or things like that. And, and, and what always um, strikes me when I look at uh, the work of Singularity University is the timeline. Uh, it's very short. Like, they, they view this our our very near future. Yeah. What, what is your take on that? Well, I think that it, it's certainly... See, this is the problem with a lot of AI and robotics is no one is really sharing what they're doing, right? Mm -hmm. So it's very hard to tell um, what exactly progress has been made, what people are doing. People are very secretive about it, um, you know, and I think there's people using it with like, you know, genetic uh, alterations, things like that. So it we it's really hard for me to say when what will happen uh but i think we're very close to um a lot of things being run by ai and robotic well not so much robotics we already see robotics in mm -hmm. industry right but the ai part i think we're already interacting with uh ai in different ways that we don't even know yet and a good example of that was when uh google uh, released released kind of their their cognitive speech analysis, right? Um, they were they had been making phone calls and having conversations with people, ordering uh, appointments and food and things like this, and no one even knew that it was happening, mm -hmm. right? So I think it's it's not even maybe it's not even in the future. It's here. We just don't know. Oh yeah, we were talking already about yeah. the editing chief. AI yeah. editor in chief who was uh, who has written a magazine yeah. and a composer of music and, right. pe and people could not distinguish if this mm -hmm. is a human written right. song composed or right. yeah. a I, robot on, behind that. Yeah, I, I really want to continue this this discussion. Um, do you think that do you think that robots or AI for that for that matter need to be conscious? Or do they need to be just a collection of algorithms? Cause yeah, see, this see, is a great question. Because humans are, could be viewed as just a collection of, uh, not a collection, but a bunch of algorithms running, yeah, through no, our heads, running through our bodies on a very, very micro nano level. Yeah. So do we ever need a, a an AI or a robot to be conscious or just... that? I actually love love this discussion because it, it brings up the idea of like what is consciousness in the mm -hmm. first place, right? Because like you said, technically, like us as humans, we're a collection of experiences, and that is what defines our judgment or our, our actions, um, right? Well, obviously, we have a base, uh, you know, a genetic. Everything learn is genetic, algorithmic, right? Everything yeah. is algorithmic. Yeah, and so it really, I don't think we understand, well, we don't understand consciousness, right? And that's why we can't make a robot or AI particularly have consciousness, I think. But we don't know what it is. Right, like how do you define consciousness? Like I don't know. Like how do you know you're I even conscious? 
right? Like, uh, so, but I think generally what we could perceive consciousness as is exactly how you said it, um, a collection of either neural networks and algorithms. And that's actually how we designed our platform mm -hmm. is it literally is a collection of neural networks, algorithms that use adversarial learning and learn from the people they're interacting with. And so that's how we got um, to where we were with business automation. So do you think that there will ever be a time in our history when AI or robots will be so powerful algorithmically, not consciously, to take over because those algorithms will be so <laughs> so way way better than we are than our algorithms yeah that they will just take over and not knowing that they're taking over yeah so uh this we've i've been asked this question before and what sure they could okay but the the fundamental issue i think is is context and intent Because first they have to have a reason to. Like, will they want to take over? Yeah, like, so you have context, which would be like, what is existence, is context, right? And then intent, I want to take over. But you have to have why I want to take over. Like, there has to be some intent. And I don't think AI can shape that, right? It has to be influenced somehow. And so really, the, the better question is, will someone leverage AI and give it the intent to take over and do mass destruction? Probably. I mean, okay. it's very likely, right? Well, I mean, if, if we don't manage to <laughs> yeah. do mass destruction ourselves by killing our planet yeah. with our crazy emissions and stuff like It's that. It's the right? same thing, right? right? We mm -hmm. had an intent mm -hmm. and there was a result of damage. Mm -hmm. And so someone will probably... Use it for such, right? Mm -hmm. I would, uh, uh, I would like to. Yeah, we all want to ask questions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I would like to come back a little bit to Ukraine, actually. Yeah. Um, because I mean, the the level of knowledge and and conversation and interaction on those topics you can have in Silicon Valley, for yeah. example, is really high. Yeah. Like y you really talk to the smartest people in the planet sure, on those yeah. topics. Uh, do you, are you frustrated here or do you, do you still have those conversations or do you feel um, still find the level of the, of the, of the geeky techie people you, 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 you work with actually is what you need? Yeah. I mean, I think our, Our office is kind of unique. We have like a really crazy bunch of engineers, <laughs> crazy guys. So our conversation conversations are kind of like the ones we're having now. We're uh -huh. always theorizing these ideas. Um, but outside of our office, I think that's one thing that is still developing in Kiev. Because I remember when I lived in San Francisco, you know, I get out of the office and I'm like, oh, I wonder what's going on. Right. And I can just pull up meetup and there's 50 different meetups going on from, you know, startup battlefields to some let's make a drone right now and fly like you know, food across the city to like, you know, we're going to talk about uh, Python or just mm. there's so many different things. And it's it's every day there. Um, and so I think in Ukraine, no one has quite 
captured that yet. Um, I think Unit City is the perfect place to capture it and venue it because I don't think the um, the developers here maybe are just not as social. Because um, I notice in our office a lot of people aren't social outside of work. You so. mean they're even more geeky than the geekiest? Yeah, totally. Uh, they're definitely the geekiest. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with yeah. that. Actually, I kind of love it, Tatiana. Yeah. I would like to continue these uh, futuristic questions and ask about <laughs> injustice. Uh, in case of the mistake robotics or IE makes, how oh. to defend a human being? Or who's in charge? Yeah, yes. or who's Probably. responsible? Yeah, who's responsible? Who's responsible? Uh, that is a great question. And I, I don't know if I have an, a specific answer for it, but um, this is... This is also a problem with, we can use an example, driverless cars. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect accidents. example. Okay. That's a good one. Who's guilty? Who's guilty? Was it the driver? Was it the car? Was it the company that made the car? Um, and so, you know, I've thought about this a lot because we get asked these questions, too, about our robots. Like, if your robot hits someone, what? Who are you responsible? Are we responsible? All of these things. And I really, what I've seen in industry practice is usually it's the owner's fault. Um, but then that owner has, you know, it could be the manufacturer's fault, right? But then you have an, the back to this intent issue, right? Was it the robot's intent to do this? Was it not to do this? And it's really hard to gauge who is should really be responsible and i think this is in robotics especially like driverless vehicles um you know we're getting into a lot of automated delivery on sidewalks now and things like this a drone delivery right all of these things it's it's a fundamental problem that needs to be solved um and i don't think anyone has quite figured out who should be responsible because no one actually wants to be responsible, right? Yeah. Uh, there is no consensus uh, in, in the society right now yeah. on, on this topic. But maybe there's no answer. Mm. I don't maybe know. Maybe it's one of those questions. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a really cool show. I don't know if you saw it. Well, I don't know. Called The Good Place. I have seen that. Okay. Yeah. And so, so The Good Place is a show that where uh, it's uh, after you're dead. And you arrived, so you're dead, and you arrive in what you believe is the good place. But you realize that you were not so nice, so you're not really supposed to be there. And so there's a few characters that, uh, that are like, but I was not nice. Why am I in the good place? I should be in the bad place. Um, and then you're, you're, it's a very long show, and it's, it's, it's amazing. It's really cool. Yeah. There is an episode, though, where they have that philosophical question that was, in fact, a very old philosophical question. You're the driver of a trolley. And the trolley can go uh, on the right, on the left. On the right, there's a family. You're going to kill the family. On the left, there's a worker. You're going to kill the worker. How do you choose what is the right decision? But in fact, you realize in the show that there is no right decision. It's about yeah. your conscience. It's yeah. about it's about, and it's um, the good place. The good place on Netflix. Uh, it's a good one, um, guys. 
right? We could. We I could don't want to stop. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to stop. But you know what? It's, it's. Is that a wrap up? Yeah, it's already. It's time. time and so now we, 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 since our previous episode, we decided to change the, the name of uh, a rap and we call it Umnichi. Umnichi. Do you, umnichki. Do you know? Do you know what no. means Umnichi? No. Ah, Tatiana. Um, how can we translate it? I know, like, and we don't know. Someone who is doing well. No, there's no direct translation, smart ass, or I don't know. It's not, a, it's not the right <laughs> word for it. I don't know. So, Umnichki, Tatiana. Yes, uh, in this blog we are asking our guests to praise someone from the tech field. Someone from Ukrainian startups, uh, geeks, you know, maybe engineers. Who is inspiring you? An Umnichki. Mm. Mm. Aha, that's a good one, right? That's a good one. Andre's like, I can't think of anyone. <laughs> well, I'm thinking like, uh, you know, doesn't have to be Ukrainian, though, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah. no limits. But here. yeah, no limits. I was thinking someone you've met yeah, here. I've honestly, that's this sounds super cliche, but honestly, my team in Ukraine, all of them inspire me every day because I, I've never, but yeah, super cliche. But that's cool. But, I like uh, you know, I worked in the U.S. in a lot of different teams and I would, I would come and work with them and um, you just don't, it feels more like a job, right? But the guys here that we've assembled, um, they just always are motivating me to be crazier with my ideas because I give them the craziest ideas. And I'm like this, I'm thinking in my mind, like this is impossible. And then I'll give them this impossible deadline too. They hate me for it, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but they actually do it. And then I'm like, well, I just didn't give them a hard enough task, I guess. Or maybe maybe we could take this to an even like more impossible level. Uh, like how we developed um, our product called Core that does all this thinking and interweaving of neural networks. And it's just, I go into work every day working with these guys and there's nothing I think that motivates me more than that because just seeing how they take well, next time we have to invite them all to the to the podcast, right? And that, that could yeah. be fun. I figured I, that have never been done before, <laughs> like a podcast with one hundred guests. Yeah, that'll be That's cool. like a crowdcast. A crowdcast. Yeah, oh. it makes you. Crowdcast. And now we have a new term. Andre, what is your rap? Uh, I, I I don't know. I, I guess uh, Andrew, you're a team and you are on a mission, and that's that's why you're. It just doesn't feel like it's it's a job, yeah. and it, we we talked about about this thing before. It, it is really great, and it is the top thing that matters: being on a mission. So I would just advise everybody to to find uh, your mission and and execute on it, and and from that point on, your life will will feel like it's it's uh, it's almost like paradise because right. you won't feel you won't feel pain, you won't feel frustration. Yeah. Of course, those feelings will come on a regular basis, but it won't matter because you will have a something greater ahead of you. Yeah. It's not a job, it's life. Yeah. yeah. Tatiana? 
And I would like to thank you for this interesting conversation and would ask to invent something like a duvet cover changer in robotics. Because yeah, I personally hate... You're not the first person that asked me for that. I hate to change things, you know, the blanket. <laughs> yeah. then you have like the, the sheets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 place and then something. That's you will a, make happy yeah. a lot of people. That's a really good one, actually. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Cool. Is well, it hot? So I was actually asked this question uh, six months ago by an executive of a hotel chain. The same question. They <laughs> said, struggling, can, you know? Yeah, they said, can you change the sheets on a bed? And so uh, it's an extremely hard task. I wouldn't say it's impossible, but you know, maybe it'll get figured out. I think with your team, it's really yeah, possible. Yeah, probably. Well, this is a hard task for them. I haven't in, asked in them about this. And yet, what is deadline? <laughs> yeah, that's the big thing that I'll be asked. What is the deadline for this? Yeah. <laughs> and well, on that note, it's the end of this podcast. Don't forget to like, to share, to comment. Please stay safe, curious, and always passionate. Diakuyu, and see you very soon. Omnichki. Thank you.